The title of today's sermon is a reality. Jesus is Lord. Iber is with his Lord right now. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He's pain-free. He's happy. He's full of joy. He's complete. And we're going home to be with him, aren't we? This is not our home on the, on the earth, but there's a little bit of eternity with us right now. Jesus is with us right now. Christ is in us, and we are in Christ. Christ is the title, Messiah. He's the prophesied one. He makes life meaningful. So let's go ahead and pursue this concept, but it's not a concept. It's a reality. Jesus is Lord. The scripture verses we'll be using today are from St. Luke, another follower and believer of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Christ, the prophesied one. Two questions I'd like to pose to you today. And the first question is this. That's really posed to all of us. People call it the existential dilemma, the existential challenge. It's just existence. What is the meaning of life and afterlife? Because there really is no true death. Amen? We just change from glory to glory and glory. God's sovereignty is real and so is our free will. We can literally choose to reject Jesus Christ as Lord or accept him. And in God's sovereignty, he allows for that. We are here gathered today to declare that Jesus is Lord. Pastor Dan's father knows that better than us, but we do know it. We just want to know it better and better and better. And if there's anyone here that does not know Jesus as Lord, would, could I just say this? It may sound odd. Don't follow Christianity, so-called Christianity. Follow Christ. Follow Christ. There's only one church, amen? amen? One church, one Lord, one God, one body. Follow Jesus. Two questions. Is my life really making that much of a difference? Second question Am I really using my time wisely? Or am I drifting? Am I just going with the flow? Am I just going along with the crowd? Am I just going along with tradition or patterns that I've had my whole life? I think God wants to wake us up. Amen? And keep waking us up. The sanctification process is to go from glory to glory to glory. We've just seen a trusted and a beloved father, grandfather, brother in the Lord go from glory to glory. And he passed on a legacy. But we're going to our destiny. Amen? If we follow Jesus Christ. Don't keep our eyes on anyone but Jesus, the Lord. And he sent his Holy Spirit to open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts. How many of you know some people who are physically blind but can see more than most people? We're supposed to open our spiritual eyes. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to do that today, and he is. We all have the same amount of time in a given day in life. Our life is divided into units, or man has divided it this way. We all have 24 hours, 7 days a week, 30 days a month, 365 days a year. What we do today, though, will have an impact on what will happen tomorrow. Are you aware of that? What kind of people will become? 
what kind of legacy we leave behind, whether we're wise or we're foolish, whether we're more heavenly or hellish in appearance and destiny. It's a wonderful adventure God puts us on, isn't it? But once we use our allotted times, we will never get it back. It's been said that life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you want, but you can only spend it once. I say over and over again, God's gift to us is life. Our gift back to him and other people is what we do with our life. That's the free will part. Our time spent will be measured by the lives we touch and the difference we make for eternity. Amen? We've just talked about Dan's father. We could talk about Dan, but he wouldn't want us to. Quite frankly, Dan's father wouldn't want us to talk about him so much. He'd rather have us talk about Jesus. He'd rather be kind of, would you just talk about the Lord? Quit talking about me. Because none of us are perfect. But we serve a perfect Lord. We have a perfect God doing a perfect work with imperfect people. That's like you and me <laughs> on an imperfect planet, like where we're at. But he's doing a perfect work before our very eyes and in our very heart. When Jesus, I'm going to move uh, my Bible over here. When Jesus was with his 12 disciples, he often taught of things ahead. Because he was the only one that knew what lied ahead. And like any good leader, he prepared them for the future with wise and truthful words of instruction. They weren't always what they wanted to hear but he always spoke the truth. In the ninth chapter of Luke, we see one of these important times of instruction. It is very brief, but very important teaching time to the disciples of Jesus, then and now. How many of here are disciples of Jesus Christ? It means you're a follower of him, he's your Lord, we have nothing to be embarrassed about, we simply tell the truth. Jesus is our Lord. We are his disciples. That's a privilege. It's not a punishment. It's a reward. Amen? So verse 18 reads, And it happened that while he, Jesus, was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he questioned them, saying. Now the prayer Jesus prayed wasn't recorded. But the dialogue following the prayer was recorded. Jesus questioned his disciples about what people were saying about him. What was the word on the street, if you will, about who he was? What are people saying about me? You know, everything that people says about Jesus isn't the truth about Jesus. Some of you can probably relate to that. How many of you ever heard people talk about you and you say, man, what's, is that me? Well, sometimes it's really not you. It's just people's opinions of you. Sometimes we call that gossip, and that's not a good thing. Jesus never gossiped about anyone, but he always told the truth. And, they, and so his disciples told them. This was in verse 19. They answered and said, uh, Some say you're John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, but others that one of the prophets of old has risen again. And, you know, even people today have all kinds of theories about who Jesus was or is. And when he asked them in verse 20, who do you say I am? 
That's really the call for each one of us, isn't it? It's one thing for another person to have their opinion about Jesus Christ. It's a life-changing reality of who do I as a person and you as a person say, who are you, Jesus, to me? Peter stood tall and true, perhaps taller and truer than he had ever stood. And he said, you are the Christ of God, the anointed one, understood to mean Messiah, the prophesied one in truth and reality. And he, Jesus, and then after that declaration, we look at verse number 23. And he, Jesus, now was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must de deny himself or herself and take up his or her cross daily and follow me. A pretty profound statement after a pretty profound answer to the most profound of all existential questions that will ever be raised for any of us. This is the first time the word cross appears in the gospel account. For the first time, the cross is introduced to the disciples. Jesus starts to describe what must shortly occur for him and the disciples. Now think of it. These guys had left everything, their homes, their businesses, their families, to follow Christ. And now Jesus saying, is saying he's going to die. Well, wait a minute. That's got to be a little bit confusing. I mean, put yourself in their place, and we kind of do want to. You're going to die, but we're following you. If that is not enough of a shocker, he goes on to say, not only do I have the cross to face, but so do you. Whoa. It's kind of a wake-up call. He's speaking the truth. Now, today, we see crosses everywhere. On the top of churches, I wear a cross around my neck. They are a symbol of hope, of resurrection, the power of love over evil and death. Today, a cross may be surrounded by gold and diamonds, but that did not exist in the time of Jesus. The cross was plain and simple. In Christ's discussion with his disciples, it was a tool of torturous death. That's exactly what it meant then. The only reason a person had a cross on their shoulder then was because they were going to die. They knew that plain and simple. It wasn't a piece of jewelry there. It was a torturous death. Now look again at verse 23, and I want to do this with emphasis now. If anyone wishes to come after me, he, and I do believe this is appropriate to include he and she. He's speaking to all of us. He she, or she must deny himself or herself and take up his or her cross daily and follow me. 
The word anyone in verse 23 is not just meant for the disciples here. He is saying that to all believers, which includes us now. Put your name in this verse. If I, David, want to follow Christ, if I, Susan, want to follow Christ, God speaks plain and true. He pulls no punches. He's not gathering little boys and girls or big church kids. He's wanting to make men and women of God. Amen? It is also important to note that Jesus presents us with the choice, free will. We know God's sovereignty to be with him in glory forever, to be with his son and to be like his son. But he gives us a choice and that's called free will. You can choose to do this or not. If you wish to be a disciple of Christ, however, if you wish to be known as a close follower of Christ, if you are ready to give your all to follow Christ, then what follows is for you and me. If you are just considering Christianity as another option, as another social club, as a way to get to heaven, Jesus is the way to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Not Christianity. Am I messing anybody up when I say that? Don't follow Christians only to the point that they are following Jesus Christ closely. Because there are many so-called Christians that don't follow Jesus at all. Are you aware of that? We want to be the real thing or we are the false thing. They call that hypocrites in the Bible. Does anybody here want to be a hypocrite? Well, stop being it then. Oh, hmm. Now I, well, oh. That's not a bad thing, though. The more, we need to be more and more true followers of Christ. That was probably for me. I want to get all hypocrisy out of my life. I truly do. So if we wish to follow Jesus as one of his disciples, three things must take place. Number one, we must deny ourselves. Put away selfish ambition. That's, I mean, you can get a long way in the world with selfish ambition. You know, money, sex, and power, the big three things everybody's fighting over and wanting to have, thinks they'll give them peace and happiness, and it really doesn't. But that is an option. It is an option. Number two, it says, take up our cross every Sunday at 10 a.m. and every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Oh, did, did I make a mistake? <laughs> I didn't make a mistake. It doesn't say that there. Daily. Every breath we take is a gift from God. Amen. Every breath we take should be, thank you, God, that I'm alive. You've given me life. You've given me the ability to choose you. Let's go on in this adventure. Number three, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Do you know that God, God desires to make something beautiful out of your and my life? Now, you may be saying, can I get more beautiful? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. We can all become more like Jesus. He is our highest calling. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of Christ's disciples fell short of Jesus Christ. That is our eternal 
challenge, our internal joy to keep being changed, to be more like Jesus. You will still be known as you when you're in heaven. We'll still know Dan's father as Dan's father. We'll know Moses as Moses. We'll know all of our personalities will remain the same, but we'll be more like Jesus, more beautiful, more kind, uh, more forgiving. We will just be pure. We will be clean. We're just getting cleaned up right now. Amen. We're just, that's why we're practicing righteousness. God sees us through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's his wonderful eternal work on the cross. But we want to be so much like it. We want to be changed. And you cannot grow and not change. You cannot grow and not change. We're going and growing from glory to glory. Have you ever known or heard of anyone more beautiful than Jesus? I'll answer that. No. No, you haven't. I don't care if you think you're hot stuff, your wife's hot stuff, your kid's hot stuff, everybody's beautiful. Nobody comes close to the true beauty of Jesus Christ. Do you know God desires to make us just like Jesus? And that's going to take some time. That's why he gives us time on this earth. As we have this process. We stumble and we fall. I don't know how many of you have seen, oh, this is a bad reference, but I was talking to somebody the other day about that, and there's a scene in uh, Batman, uh, the movie, I really would make this short and brief. Anyway, he says, and, but Batman's uh, father went back to where his father was teaching him a lesson and heard some very beautiful lessons that Dan's father had left with him, that Dan's passing on to his children and to us, and especially of those of you who attend this church. But there's a sense of the question was, do you know why we fall down? And the answer is to learn how to get back up. We all fall down, but we need to pick one another up with love and forgiveness and a Christ-like spirit. God has never come to put anyone down. Jesus comes only to pick us up and to take us home. That's his whole purpose. He's never lied to anyone. For us to be to live as beautiful people in beautiful Christ-like fellowship in a world full of turmoil, confusion, vulgarity, immaturity, Jesus says, follow me. Not only was he the most beautiful person who ever lived, but he went to create a beautiful home for us. How many of you truly have loved ones who are now home with the Lord? Well, that's everyone's home. That's where God wants everyone's home to be. That's not pie in the sky. That's our destiny. That's prophesied reality. And all of God's prophecies come true. We're just following the prophesied one, Jesus, to our destiny. Amen? So we're just kind of on this journey together. And we're reminding ourselves of that even right now. Just as Jesus instructed his disciples then, well, we're his disciples now because we're going home. Yesterday, the funeral service was really a, home, uh, a homecoming celebration, right? may have been sad. I know there were tears that were shed. But you know why people cry? Because we love people. You know, when you're cut, you bleed. He, we are human. We still have great joy, but we can still miss him, right? Well, that's just being human. But it'll be a great day in heaven when we see him again, especially for Dan, Dan's sisters, the grandkids, when they say, hey, what are you doing? Oh, we have about an eternity for that. Because, you know, life goes on after death. You know, for the non-Christian, this is as good as it gets. But for the believer, this is as worst as it gets. It is. It is. 
That is to say, man, live it up, heathens. You know, because I kind of think in God's great, this is as good as it gets for them. They're having a great day. I'm just saying, well, my great day is in front of me, and I'm loving it right now. Amen? Amen. It's the literal, factual truth. So we can't, I'm sorry, we can't be healthy, strong followers of Christ and focus on where we have been. We cannot focus on the wrongs we have done. We have to let the God who created us define us. We can't let our past or even our sins define us. We can't let our mistakes define us. We've got to let the God who created us define us and bring us home. And we just have to cooperate with that, right? But our home is not in the past. And a vision of the future is not a memory of the past. And, you know, I know some people say, oh, my, you know, my father passed away or my mother passed away. And they live in my heart. They live in my memories. Well, no, they don't. I, it's neat to have memories. And we do have a heart of love. But they're alive with Jesus Christ. They're not a memory. They are a fulfilled. They have fulfilled their destiny. Amen. We want to get out of sentimentality and emotion. We can have sentiment and we can have emotion, but we need to be in reality and focused on the fact that we're going somewhere and we serve a risen Lord. We don't look back to our destiny. We look forward. Amen. Focus on following Jesus with all our hearts, daily serving him and his church and your family and being a light in this world today. How many of you know we're living in a dark world? We are light in our world, in our relationships, in our spheres of influence. In heaven, there is no darkness. There is no sin. There is no pain. There is no, it's all light. It's all the light and love and mercy and grace of Jesus. We're just getting glimpses of it. And I love the glimpse of it, don't you? We love it, but we ain't seen nothing yet. But we need to be the something that people need to see. And the something is Christ followers. Less of us and more in Jesus. Amen. I truly believe this is a time for each of us to bump it up. To go from believers to disciples, to pick up our cross daily and follow Christ with renewed focus, energy, and commitment. We need to finish strong. And Dan's grandfather, I believe, was a good example of that, don't you? And I'm telling you, if we want to try to be like him, as he was like Christ, always keep Christ first. But it helps to have earthly examples, doesn't it? It helps me a little bit. What if we were to be an example to other people? To be changed day after day. Hey, man, if you don't think I'm too much now, you should have seen me before I knew Jesus Christ. We can't keep telling people that all the time, but there's a sense of, man, I, I, don't follow me because eventually I will let you down. Truthfully, that's not a metaphor, it's reality. <laughs> but anyway, but you follow Jesus, he'll never let you down. And he's never let us down, has he? He's telling us the truth. So what God is attempting to do here at Life Church in this community of believers is for this community to become a mature, beautiful people who truly follow Christ. Would you bow your head and heart, um, please? 
Just take this time. Don't think of me. Don't think of anyone else around you. Just think of Jesus and your desire to follow him. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, please open your heart to that truth. Make a choice that will truly be life-changing, eternity-fulfilling. God made each one of us with a purpose, with a destiny. He's given us life, and we just want to obey Jesus Christ. But ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you personally. If in just your own way, if you would like to make a recommitment, a rededication to be a better disciple of Jesus Christ, would you just raise your hand slowly and then just put it down? That hand is to the Lord, it's not to me. It's always a private journey. If you would like to ask your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for help in some decision or even a dilemma that you're facing, and you want to believe that he will help you as your Lord and Savior, would you just raise your hand and just lower it? That hand is an act of faith. Little things make big differences. If there is somebody close to you that truly does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and he's, God has been laying them on your heart, and you would like to see them see the light, and you would be willing to speak up for Jesus and to be a witness for them if God opens that door, would you simply raise your hand and lower it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ? That's just an act of faith. Simple acts of faith God sees. He knows each one of us. He knows us by name. He knows our hearts and he knows what's best. And he always uses acts of faith. As you just remain in this period of prayer, I'm going to turn uh, my time on this um, platform over to your pastor, Dan Walker. Pastor Dan, I would like for you to just uh, be led by the Holy Spirit as you want. Um, finish up with this prayer and finish the service as you wish, and I'll just turn it over to you now. Let's just keep our, our heads bowed, attitude of prayer. And Jesus told us that we must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. And this morning, if you're not sure that you have a relationship with him, if you're not sure that you're following him, he wants you to make that decision. To choose to follow him. To admit that you've sinned, you've done wrong things, to put your faith and trust in Jesus and to commit yourself to following him and, and his word all your days. So let's pray. If you want to recommit your life to the Lord or commit it for the very first time or you're not sure, I'd encourage you to pray along with me. Father, today I admit that I've sinned, I've done wrong things. I haven't denied myself. I've given in to everything I wanted to do. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus came and died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you. I commit myself to denying myself, taking up my cross, and following you all my days. And Father, for those of us who are believers, but we're being challenged today to a deeper walk with Jesus, help us. 
to say no to the things that are not of God in our lives. Help us to say yes to the things that Jesus is calling us to do. Help us to take up our cross, the cross on which we die to ourselves and are made alive to God. Help us to follow Jesus each and every day. When we get up in the morning, may we ask you what you'd have us to do today. May we immerse ourselves in your word so that we might know your wishes and desires for us. May we live in such a way that we have eternity in mind. Because that's where we're going to spend forever. And I pray that each person here would make a commitment today that they might spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.